Welcome to today's message by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church is located in Rock Falls at 2002 9th Avenue, just across from the Dillon Grade School. Pastor Tommy would like to invite you to be a part of their Sunday services. The Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m., followed by their morning worship at 11 a.m., or their evening service at 6 p.m. They would also love to have you be a part of their midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We hope you will get a blessing this morning as Pastor Tommy brings you a message from the Word of God. All right, we're back. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope we've been a blessing to you, and I hope you get a blessing today from this message. And before we get started, I got a little bit of humor I want to send your way, but before we do that, just remember if you have any questions that you would like to uh, be answered on this program, any subjects you would like to hear spoken on, just email us, libertybc2011 at att.net. This is not recorded live, so you can send it in anytime, and plus that gives me a chance to look in the scriptures and make sure what I tell you is right, but we'd love to try to answer those for you and just be a help. You can send us a joke if you'd like, anything funny. I enjoy some humor. I think it's good for you to have a laugh every now and then. I know it's early in the morning. You're probably not ready to laugh yet, but you know what? We need to do something to get you in a good mood. You're going to be hopefully going to church here uh, real soon, and we'd like for you to come in there with a smile on your face, and so hopefully we can help you with that today. But to this morning, I have a few jokes that I'd like to share with you, and these ones are just happen to be redneck church jokes. All right, cue the banjo music. Here we go. You might be in a redneck church if people ask when Jesus fed the 5,000 whether the two fish were bass or catfish and what bait was used to catch him or if the pastor says I'd like to ask Bubba to help take up the offering and five guys and two women stand up you might be in a redneck church if opening day of deer season is recognized as an official church holiday might be a redneck church if a member of the church requests to be buried in his four-wheel drive truck because it ain't never been in a hole it couldn't get out of. It's a redneck church if your choir is known as the OK Corral. It's also a redneck church if people grumble about Noah letting coyotes on the ark. It's also a redneck church if in a congregation of 500 members there are only seven last names in the church directory. Also, baptism is referred to as branding. Then, also, there is a special fundraiser for a new church septic tank. And that is a necessity, I guess. Well, and then also, finding and returning lost sheep isn't just a parable. And then high notes on the organ set the dogs on the floor to howling. And you might be in a redneck church if the final words of the benediction are, Y'all come back now, you hear? You're also in a redneck church if the choir robes were donated by and embroidered with the logo from Billy Bob's Barbecue. Also, if they serve beef jerky on important occasions. Well, I hope that was a blessing, but I've got one more for you. One more good one. The collection plates are really hubcaps from a 56 Chevy. Well, anyway, I hope I didn't offend any rednecks out there. Just so you all know... Uh, I would probably enjoy going to church that had all that kind of stuff. Uh, I got a little bit of redneck in me, and <clears throat> I guess I can lose a southern accent now, right? Uh, it was hard after 
reading all that. Okay, here we go. Back uh, back in Illinois, back to the northern accent. Well, anyway, I am glad you're here today. I hope that was a blessing to you. But right now, what I would like to do, I'd like to, I'm going to read several verses to you today, and I don't know, maybe I'm going to be kind of uh, just going on a little bit of a rant today, I guess you could say. But, you know, something that I think is very sad uh, in churches today is just how conformed to the world churches have become and how much like the world churches have become and uh, I tend to call these places rock and roll churches you know they've got the rock music you know you go in there you never know you're in a church if there wasn't a cross somewhere in there I mean they literally have rock and roll music playing and it's absolutely ridiculous they call it church they call it worship and I've got a huge problem with that, and I believe my problem that I have is legit. I believe it's a biblical problem. I've talked to several people um, who have talked about how, you know, their church at one time, it was a good, solid church, and then all of a sudden, you know, some younger pastor came in, you know, brought in the drum set, brought in the rock and roll music, threw out their King James Bible, and I think that's sad. I had a fellow visit church one time, and uh, he didn't re- particularly enjoy those old hymns that we sing in our church. And uh, he proceeded to mention that these are the same songs that his grandma listened to. Uh, that was supposed to be a put down. He's like, these songs are old. They're old. My grandma sang these songs. And I was like, well, if you don't like these songs because they're old, what do you think about the Bible? It's really old. And he said, well, I, I don't mind the Bible as long as it's not in that old language like that King James and uh, he likes the updated stuff, updated music, updated Bibles, um, updated gospel. And I'm telling you right now, none of that in our church. We are an old-fashioned, independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist church. And you're not going to get any rock and roll at our church. If you do, it's because I'm not there. And uh, if I found out when I got back, uh, they're going to be hearing this sermon when I get back. But thankfully, we've got people in there. They wouldn't do that if I wasn't there. But I want to share some scriptures with you just because um, a lot of times we think this is just a matter of preference. We think that it's, you know, I've had Christian people tell me that things like music is amoral. That it is there is no such thing as good music and bad music, music's music and you know what honestly uh, I don't want to use the word foolish or dumb but Christians are the only ones naive enough to believe something like that uh, I used to work with a fella he was in one of these you know uh, you know dumpy little rock bands that uh, you know played in the bars and stuff and we got to talking about music one time and I insulted him with my question on you know why does it seem like drug use and rock and roll, go together, especially amongst the people in the band. And and he got offended by that, and he knew I was a Christian. And then he started to get on to me about how hypocritical it is to be down on rock music, you know, when you Christians use things like Christian rock. It's the same music, just different words. And you know what? He was kind of surprised when I proceeded to tell him that he was absolutely right. That doesn't make any sense at all. And the truth is, it's all bad. I don't like any of it. And I, that's what I told him. I said, yeah, you're right. It's all bad. It's all junk. Christian rock is just as bad. In fact, I would say that it's probably a little worse. Uh, I, I think a lot of that music is poison. And I've always said that uh, poison, what's more dangerous? Poison in a bottle marked poison or poison in a bottle that says water? 
And when you have Christian rock and you put Christian on it, people think it's safe. People think it is okay. And honestly, it's just as dangerous. And I hope you'll hang with me through this. Uh, if you are into this, chances are you already turned this off and you're not even hearing what I'm saying right now. So I don't even know why I just said what I just said. But just in case you're still there, hang on. I want to show you scriptures because hopefully you believe the Bible. Hopefully you want to please God. Hopefully you know you believe that his book is the final authority. If you don't believe those things, then I, I really don't know how to help you to tell you the truth. But I, I want to talk to uh, people who claim to be Bible believers today. And I want to show you a few things from the Word of God about our God. And, you know, because the, the truth is, we can't listen to any of the music that they used in the Bible. When we're reading black words and white paper, um, we can't, you know, I can't tell you what their music sounded like, the good music sounded like. I can't tell you what the bad music sounded like back then. I can't do it. God didn't put any audio recordings in the scriptures that we can listen to. So we have to go off of Bible principles. All right, We need to be principled people, and we need to have Bible principles. And I believe there are some Bible principles we can look at that make it very clear that a lot of the music that's going on in these rock and roll churches is absolutely wrong. It's of the devil. And so let's go to the scriptures. And first of all, I just want to show you that our God is a God of that believes in distinction in there being a difference right in the very beginning of the Bible, in the beginning of creation, God said in Genesis 1-3, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. There is a difference between light and dark. There is a difference between day and night. We live in a world today where they are trying to blur lines of distinction, especially in things where God clearly drew some lines for us, things that should be simple. For example, Genesis 1.27 also says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Different male, female. There is a difference. There is a distinction. There are male and female. There's nothing in between male and female. It's very simple. I know our world has complicated this issue, but it's not complicated with God. Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 23, he said, talking about the priests, and they shall teach my people the difference between holy and profane and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. There is holy. There's profane. There's clean, there's unclean, there is good, there's bad, there's right, there's wrong. There's clearly differences in the Bible. Everybody always wants to talk about gray areas, but you know the Bible, things are very black and white. Matthew 10, 34. You say, well, gee, you know, it's all about unity. You know, it's all we need we just all need to come together. We all need to be unified. And you know, that's true. We do need to come together in agreement with the Word of God. We need to all come together in unity and get behind Jesus Christ, but we are not going to get behind wrong, behind sin. We can't find unity there. It's like, well, Jesus, he was he was all about unity. He was all about people coming together. He was all about community. That's the new word everybody wants to use for everything. But Matthew 10.34 says, this is Jesus speaking, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. 
For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. And if you take a stand for a right today, folks, I'm telling you, it's there's going to be division. There's going to be separation. And that is why Jesus came to make a difference. So there can be saved and lost. So if Jesus hadn't come, well, we'd all be in unity. We'd all be lost and on our way to hell. But you know what? Jesus came to this earth, so now there's those who can be saved and not just those who can be lost. It made a difference. And unfortunately, uh, you getting saved sometimes and following Christ, it can cause division. It can cause you to lose friends. It can cause you to uh, have conflict with family. And that's sad. But um, it's not just all about unity, folks. Um, so there, there's clearly throughout the Bible, and, and we only looked at a few verses. I mean, God believes in distinction. There's difference. Okay, it's that, that principle of separation. Second Chronicles six fourteen, and be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Let's not all come together so we can have community. All right, the Bible says, be not unequally yoked together. With unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Right there. Come out from among them. Be ye separate. When God saved us, He separated us. He set us apart from the world. He made us different. That principle of separation is there throughout the Bible, and it is supposed to be very apparent in the believer, and it ought to be very apparent in our church service. Our church services should not resemble a worldly rock concert. Our music and what we do to praise the Lord should not resemble worldly entertainment. It should not have anything in common with it. It should be nothing like it. There should be a difference. We should be different. Our services should be different. Our worship is different from the worship of the heathen and false gods. Our music even should be different. See, there's also a principle in the Bible of nonconformity. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I'm telling you right now, music is one thing that has just completely been conformed to the world. You know, when somebody's driving down a car, the music that they listen to, you, know, you ought to be able to, there ought to be a difference. It should, you shouldn't be getting that same head-banging beat from Christ, Christian music that you do from some of this rock and roll music. There ought to be a clear difference. The, di the music in church, without words, the music should sound a lot different than the music that you hear in the bar.
the music that you hear in church should sound different than the music you hear, you know, on your secular radio stations and playing in the stores and things like that. There ought to be a difference. That principle of nonconformity. Don't be conformed to the world. We are not going to go along with the trends of this world. We are not. We're not supposed to look like them. We're not supposed to act like them. And it's just sad the way churches are just walking. They're 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 not as bad as the world. But they're following the world. They've got some distance in between them. They're a little bit better. But as the world continues to get worse and go downhill, unfortunately, Christian people are doing it. And in the meantime, God hasn't moved a muscle. God's in the same place. But yet, the believers and Christians, or so-called Christians, are getting farther and farther from God and becoming more and more like the world. That should not be principle of nonconformity you see it throughout the bible also we see in the bible too ephesians 5:18 and to me this throws out most rock and roll says and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the spirit speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the lord i challenge you to find the melody in some of these songs i challenge you to try to whistle the tune to some of these songs that are being played in church. You know, why don't you go try to whistle the melody of your Christian rap song? You can't do it. Why? Because it doesn't have any melody. It's not the same thing. There should be melody in a song. There should be a clear message in the song. Not a bunch of yelling and screaming. People need to, ought to be able to understand what you're saying. There ought to be a clear message that they are able to get, and you're not getting it. From this rock and roll music. But also there's another principle in the Bible we see. And that's the principle of peculiarity. Peculiarity. Now and peculiar a lot of times when we use that word today. It's talking about being strange and weird. And the truth, But in the Bible that's not what that word means. I'll show you what it means. In Titus 2.11 says. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. Think about those words for a minute. We're going to get back to them. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. That word peculiar, it's talking about somebody, it's, it's, they have been basically purchased with a, with a purpose. God has set us apart. We are His. We belong to Him. He's got something He's wanting to do with us. He's wanting to use us for. And we belong to Him. Titus 2.15 These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Now, I'm just going to do that for a minute. Did you hear what that said? Rebuke with all authority. If you're using the world's music, if you're using rock and roll music, knock it off. You need to stop it. Well, you don't have the right to tell me to do that. Well, right here he said rebuke with all authority. And while you're going to just make people mad, you're going to make them not like you. You know what it also said in there? Let no man despise thee. I don't care if it makes you mad. I don't care if it makes you mad at me. I'm going to do what God says. And I'm going to speak the truth on these subjects. And I'm telling you right now, we are to be a peculiar people. First Peter 2.9 
but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that he would show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust. There it is again, which war against the soul. Abstain from fleshly lust. I want you to notice something here. This is important, okay? It says, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. You see, the reason people, churches are using the world's music is they're trying to reach the world with that music. Well, we've got to reach the younger generation. We've got to go to where they're at. No, we don't. We are supposed to be obedient to God. He said, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. We are different than the world. We are separate from the world. And we have been commanded by God to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. You know why the, our generation likes that junk that's going on in the world? The reason they like that music? Because they, they are about, all about the lusts of the flesh. It fulfills their fleshly lusts. So they will come. Listen, I could fill our church up tonight. If I went and said, hey, we're having a free steak dinner tonight. Everybody wants steak? Come and get it. But that's just about filling the belly. We're trying to do something for the Spirit. And plus, we can't even afford that. But listen, people are, they're doing all, they're bringing, using fleshly lust to get people in the church when God commanded us not to do that. And He said, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Okay? We, our services should be foreign to the world. It should be different. Oh, you know, people all the time, oh, you know, when I go into church, I just don't feel, you know, like I belong. I don't feel in place. Well, maybe it's because you're not saved. Listen, if you got saved, I guarantee you the Lord's going to change you and you'll start to fit in real quick. But if you're lost, if you are living in sin and you want to continue living in sin, you're not going to enjoy our services at our church. We are not going to use fleshly music. We are going to preach the truth. We're going to call sin, sin. And it's going to, it's going to make you uncomfortable. And we've got churches today trying to figure out how they can make lost people feel comfortable when church is supposed to be a called out assembly. It's supposed to be for the believers where we come and we worship God, but yet we are worshiping man in our music. We're giving man what they want. We're letting lost people dictate what we do in our services. We don't call sin, sin, because we might make somebody feel bad, but we're supposed to preach the Word. We're supposed to reprove, rebuke, and exhort, and abstain from fleshly lusts. They, yes, they like the rock and roll music. You'll get more of the lost crowd in there. As long as you fulfill the lust of their flesh, they will keep coming. But don't think you're going to do anything for their spirit. I don't care if you talk them into coming and saying, repeating a prayer with everybody else. They're not really getting saved. They're just, you know, hoping maybe they'll get a prize or something, you know, or some giveaway that you're doing because they saw a bunch of other people get handed some present when they went up and prayed. It's, it's ridiculous, folks, and it has nothing to do with uh, church, and nobody's getting saved from that. But Exodus 19.5, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, that ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Right here, this same language that we just looked at in Peter, we see God said in Exodus, 
Okay, because you're thinking, you know, you're saying that we're better than everybody else. You're saying that we're different. I'm not saying we're better than everybody else. Listen, anyone out there, if they would obey the Lord, if they would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they could be saved. They could become separated. They could become a peculiar treasure to God. Verse 6, And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and, and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. He told them, he said, obey God. And we're supposed to be telling people, obey God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent. We're supposed to give those messages to people. And yet, we're giving them this message of, you're okay. You're just fine. Come as you are. Leave as you came. You know, we'll entertain you. We'll give you what you want. We will fulfill the lust of your flesh and we'll call it church and we'll call it worship and we think somehow that God's pleased with that. But you know what, folks? It's not the case. We all know John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, we love that verse, but you know what? If whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life, what's going to happen to those who don't believe in Him? then they will perish. They will not have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son of the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Do you see it, folks? Light and darkness. Men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. That's why I like that dark music. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. And you know what? Everyone is welcome to come and visit our church. If you're thinking about, if you'd like, if you come and visit, man, we'd love to have you. We would be honored with your presence. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you love darkness, well, you better hang on to your hat because we're going to shine light. We're going to use the scriptures. We're going to use the word of God. You're going to see a clear difference there. Our music's not going to be like the music that you've heard all your life. It's not going to be like the stuff that you listen to on the radio. We're not going to look like we might not look like you. We might not go dress the same way and have the same fashions that the rest of the world does. We might look a little peculiar in your mind. We might look a little different. We might act a little different. And the things that we preach are going to be way different than what the world is preaching. And you know what? Unfortunately, many people that come and they hear the truth, they kind of run out screaming. Because they don't want their deeds to be reproved. They would rather remain in blissful ignorance. But thank God there are those who come and they see the light. And they don't run from it. They come to the light. They realize that they're a sinner and they call on the name of Jesus Christ for salvation. And He saves their soul and He changes their lives and that's what it's all about. And if you think you're going to see more people saved and you're going to win more people by using fleshly lust, that the Bible says war against the soul. You cannot bring a soul to Christ through fleshly lust. 
you can get them to say a prayer. You can get them to come to your church, but you're not going to get them saved. We do it by shining a light, by showing them the light, not hiding our light under a bushel, by preaching the truth. That is the way to bring people to Christ. And you know what? Folks, especially maybe some older folks that are listening out there today, you know, you've probably been told you're an old fuddy-duddy just because you don't like that rock and roll music. You got a problem with it. Uh, you don't like the conformity to the world that's going on in your church. Well, I'm here today to tell you you're not a fuddy-duddy. You're right. I'm here today to tell you that you are in agreement with God. And you know what? Keep on standing strong. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't do that. God will not be pleased with it. You will not help anybody by being conformed to the world. Be obedient to God. Glorifying God is the most important thing you can do, and we glorify God by, the, by obedience. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the message this morning by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. We hope you were blessed and invite you to tune in next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. as Pastor Tommy brings you more truths from God's Holy Word. For more information about Liberty Baptist Church, visit their website at experience-liberty.com or you can email them at libertybc2011 at att.net.